Welcome to the MS Dev Show, episode number 171. This week, we talk with Ryan Nowak about Razor Pages and ASP.NET. Visual Studio 15.5 Preview is here. And where in the woods is Jason? This episode of the MS Dev Show is brought to you by Aspose, the market leader of .NET and Java APIs for file business formats. Natively work with DocX, XSLX, PPT, PDF, MSG, MPP, image formats, and many more. Raygun gives you complete visibility on errors, crashes, and performance problems affecting your end users. Replicate issues in seconds rather than digging through log files or having to rely on users to report errors or crashes. Raygun gives you a window into how users are really experiencing your software applications. Check it out today at raygun.com. This week, we have Ryan Nowak, a working developer on the ASP.NET team focused on ASP.NET Core, MVC, and Razor. How's it going, Ryan? Uh, doing great. Uh, happy to be here with you guys or be uh, at least on the call with you guys. Awesome. Awesome. And Carl, what's going on? Uh, more like uh, what's going on with you, Jason. Looks like you got some new digs. That's my new office. You know, no yeah, so, uh, so you're working remotely from the back of your truck today, it looks like. Yep. So I've been trying to figure out, uh, how to, how to take advantage of um, being able to work in remote locations. So I have a ton of room in the back of the truck here. I have a little access point. And uh, actually, my biggest issue is power at this point. But that's I'm going to have that solved here pretty soon. But yeah, to make a long story short, I'm working from the back of my truck, which actually makes an amazing audio booth because it's sound isolated. And it really, like all the, you know, the cloth inside really absorbs the the sound well. So I should have pretty good audio from this. <laughs> so what else is going on, Carl? All right. So uh, as a reminder, uh, we've got a new little ad at the beginning of uh, each episode now that's reminding us that Raygun has a promo. Yep. So reminder for everybody, email us at feedback at msdevshow.com. What is your biggest programming fail that you've ever seen or worst bug you've ever caught? Mm -hmm. uh, where this is going through the end of November and you could have a chance to win a free year startup plan of Raygun crash reporting and, or three runner-up swag packs, yeah, t-shirts and other freebies. So I'm pretty excited about uh, giving these away. I want to hear what your biggest fails were. So uh, get those into our email and we are actually pretty uh, excited about seeing what you guys have seen out there because we've seen some pretty nasty things yep. ourselves. Yeah, you can send them uh, to our Twitter account, uh, which would be MS Dev Show, or you can send them to I, feedback at MS I'm hoping Dev. that these are story length. I want to see more than 140 yeah, absolutely. characters. Absolutely, absolutely. So, okay, so in addition, uh, recently was the Windows Developer Day. So if you didn't catch that, you can go on Channel 9 and see that. But what we're excited about is we did an episode this past summer that talked about BuildCast and Fluent Design on there. And when they were showcasing that, we were once again um, showcased all over the TV screen. So that was pretty awesome to see that, uh, considering this was live broadcast. And our logo was everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, but one of the cool things about that, too, is that podcast catcher that they made for this is finally released on GitHub. So if you go to github.com slash Microsoft slash buildcast, you can go download that and run that yourself. Yep. Those guys are the best. Go check it out. Okay. And what do we got for the comment of the week? Uh, this week, the comment of the week, as usual, gets a developer small business license for Aspose.total for .NET, which includes all of the Aspose.NET products in one path package. And this week on Twitter, Juan Carlos Andro uh, 
he actually contacted us about a week ago. Uh, we've had a September, we were a little bit late on episodes. We skipped a week or two. Uh, It's just our schedules. It's our bad. Um, But he said, where are you guys? We need our weekly. I won't go to the office until you release a new episode. Hashtag. (laughs) Yeah, so sorry. uh, He he was fired. (laughs) Hopefully this ends well. (laughs) So, you know, I I did apologize saying, hey, you know, we're going to be back to our regular cadence soon. We have quite a few episodes lined up already Mm -hmm. uh, with our normal cadence. And he responded, he's responded back uh, saying, I guess I won't go into work then. <laughs> so, yeah. And we have, I hope your boss doesn't mind. A lot of good episodes. The last episode was good. This episode's going to be good. Um, we have, we're, we're, we're lining up some really good guests. So it's going to be, it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. So Looking forward good. to it. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get mentioned on the show, just like Juan, send us an email at feedback at msdevshow.com. Comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Stitcher. We especially love those five-star iTunes reviews. Yep. Thank you. Okay. So what do we got for the news here? Visual Studio 2017 version 15. uh, Is this preview five or is it 15.5? I think it's preview 15.5 preview. Okay. I don't know. Either way. (laughs) Either way. It's good. (laughs) It's a preview. But, but you know, normally we don't call too much stuff out that's preview, but I thought this one was really cool because it had some one really big things that were announced, but some really, you know, I think, influential features here that's going to be uh, used by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So the the first thing, first two items are in debugging. So uh, there's one called step back. And normally what we're used to is if you hit, you know, step over, step over, step over, we hit the F10 button and it just goes to the next line. And sometimes you can like just drag that back, mm-hmm. you know, to a previous line. But what that doesn't do is it doesn't like undo the state of whatever has been changed in those lines of code. So if you had a, you know, a line of code that, you know, I equals I plus one, uh, you know, you're going to increment. If it was nine, it's going to be 10. Mm-hmm. There's now a step back feature. So when you hit that oh, back button, awesome. it's going to change I from 10 back to nine. So I think that's going to be huge resetting and replaying uh, your code in debugging scenarios. Yeah. That's like a, it's like, it seems so small now, but it's like a life changing thing. You know, <laughs> that, that would have been not, not to mention I, I develop with a dial, so yep. there's extensions to go forward and backward. Oh, uh, I want to see. I want to see that step back hooked up to the to the counterclockwise. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm waiting for that. Well, don't wait. Just uh, build it, man. Can, well, can't you just? Can't can, you just can, like? Can, can you can, give me? Can you give me an afternoon off, Jason? Yeah. Could you could you tie it to just a shortcut? I mean, can it? Can you? Yeah. Make the dial. You can hook it up. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. It's easy. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. It's just that it, it does take more than wishing about it. So you're sandbagging. Right, you want a whole afternoon, and it's easy. <laughs> shh, shh. <laughs> I see how it is. <laughs> All right. Anyways, the next debugging feature was one that we saw build last year, the live Azure app debugging. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're talking about the snap points. And all of that. So uh, we actually had uh, Scott Hunter on to talk about this when we were talking about the build announcement. So if you want to hear more about that, I think we spent quite a few minutes talking about it. Really excited to see that uh, in uh, Visual Studio support now. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we jump on to a bunch of performance and speed improvements. Uh, once again, large solutions load faster like they do every release, I think. Uh, in particular, they announced a certain amount of uh, like... 5x speed changes on renaming, changing signature, and finding references. So, you know, so I'll say, you know, those are some things that I actually do with a fair amount of, you know, a fair amount of time I'm developing is Mm -hmm. when you're refactoring, you do those things. So 
uh, it's nice to see that that stuff's going to be even faster. Yep. And then uh, I thought this was already in there, but the Xamarin Live Player support in Visual Studio. So that's where you can uh, instantly see the changes as you're making them in uh, when you're using Xamarin. Maybe and there's a bunch more. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe that was only on the Mac version originally. Yeah, so, you know, maybe we can, uh, if, if there's any interest in that, let us know. We'll see if we can maybe get uh, James Montemagno or somebody else uh, who worked on that feature. I think Frank worked on that as well. Frank Krieger, so, yeah. yeah, so we know a bunch of people who work on that. Yep. If you're interested, we'll get them on. Okay. Very cool. Okay, so let's talk to Ryan. So, first of all, this this uh, feature um, the, the for this episode... Um, this was requested by one of our listeners, so we we uh, we really appreciate it. Do you know which people... one we can call him out? What was that? Do you know which listener? Let's call him out. Okay, go ahead. I don't know. You're the one who <laughs> took this. It was so long ago, I don't remember who it was. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not going to call him out because I don't remember who it was. <laughs> but he's definitely our best listener. <laughs> we'll have to look that up, and I'll edit, I'll edit it in. His name is... Marcus Tenzvist. Yeah. <laughs> love that guy. Love that guy. Uh, anyway, so uh, let's talk about uh, Razor Pages. So I guess, sure. first of all, like, what's 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 the deal with Razor Pages? What's so special about them? Um, you know, I know Razor, Razor has been around for, for years. So what are Razor Pages? So Razor Pages is a new uh, ASP.NET Core MVC feature. Mm-hmm. So it's another programming model for writing pages and doing... Uh, web page focus scenarios with ASP.NET Core MVC. Um, and it's just part of MVC. It's not like a new thing that you need to opt into or a different framework. It's just an extension of the existing framework. Mm-hmm. Um, practically speaking, what it looks like is for the simplest case, you have a standalone Razor page. So it's just a normal CSHTML file and it can handle requests from beginning to end and requests will get routed to that file. Uh, and then of course you can build more, you can build uh, forms with it, you can do all kinds of stuff. So um, it's it's supposed to be kind of a low ceremony way to do really simple things uh, and some more complex things um, that's part of MVC reuses most of it. So, you know, you know, let me just visualize this in my head for a bit. So like normally in MVC, if I wanted to like add a new page, I, I'd probably have to add like uh, some sort of class to the controllers folder and yep. then I'd have to go to the views folder and I'd have to add something like index, you know, that HTML, blah, blah, blah in there. And then I'd, if I luckily named them all correctly, it would just work. So you're saying that I could just like kind of like right click, add razor page and everything's kind of just there in the, that one file. Kind of like- yeah, so uh, we wanted it to have that sort of chunky feel, um, where there's not a lot to understand. You you right click, you add a you add a new razor page, and it's instant satisfaction. Uh, the the routing system is file based and hierarchy based, so the path to the file in the folder is the path that you get. Oh, that's uh, you can customize that. You can customize that if you want, but we wanted something that didn't need much explanation. So um, if I wanted so at what, the root, I could just put it at the root. But if I want like it to be path-based, just put a bunch of folders there and it just all works itself out? Yeah. So the convention that we use to start with is that uh, you put everything in the pages folder. So have a pages folder, and then that's what we consider to be the root, and it is configurable. But yeah, if you add add index to the to the pages folder, there you go. That's all you need. All right. That's pretty cool. So, I mean, without, you know, jumping, you know, we'll jump into the technology a little bit more, but like, what were the motivations for creating, you know, something this simple, something in this style? 
Sure. So uh, one of the things that I already mentioned is we wanted it to be really low overhead. Uh, we consistently get feedback from people about MVC requiring a lot of files to do the thing the right way. Um, and sometimes you don't need something sophisticated. Sometimes you just want to have a page that shows some HTML. So we wanted having a page to just show some HTML to be something that would just work and be intuitive and easy to get started with. Um, the other sort of philosophical things that we knew we wanted to do from the beginning is uh, it, we wanted it not to be a separate stack. We wanted to reuse all the things that users already know and we already have documented and tested. So we reuse the view engine, we reuse routing, we reuse model binding. So anything that you can learn really about writing controllers applies to pages as well. Okay, very cool. So what is like the, the, the page lifecycle then for, for one of these? Sure. So pages have a filter pipeline like filters in MVC or like uh, actions in MVC, I should say. Um, you, you typically have with pages, you, you can either have it or not have it, a, a code behind file where you would write uh, what we call a handler method. So handler methods look like on get or on post or something like that. So you have your filters, which sort of surround the execution. And then you have the handler, which runs based on what verb the request is. So if it's a get, the get handler runs. If it's a post, the post handler runs. And then uh, if you do nothing else, the page the page renders. So it's kind of a, a a simple life cycle. You know, we select a handler, we call it if it exists, and then the page runs. I suppose offers a powerful set of file management APIs with which developers can create applications, which can create, open, edit, and save the majority of popular business file formats. Their product range supports a multitude of file formats, including Word documents, Excel spreadsheets, PowerPoint presentations, PDF documents, OneNote, Outlook, Project, Visio files, popular image formats, and many others. Aspose produces APIs for .NET, Java, and the cloud, which can be utilized in almost any modern language available today. Visit www.aspose.com for a free 30-day no-limitations trial. And if you get stuck, message the friendly support team for help. All technical support is offered free of charge. Remember, if you're a lucky winner, you will receive a free developer small business license for Aspose.Words for .NET, a powerful toolkit to work with Word documents in your applications. So, I mean, to me, this sounds or it kind of reminds me a lot like a simpler, a much simpler version of web forms. Is that kind of what you were going for? Yeah. You know, I think that, you know, to some to some developers, maybe web forms would be a little bit of a a little bit of a dirty word. And to, to some people, it's not. And I, I think we definitely wanted to tick some of those boxes for sure. Um, I think web forms. Webforms was a popular technology because it it satisfied people in in some ways. You know, it, it kind of sticks to your ribs when you use it. Mm-hmm. It it feels clunky and intuitive, or chunky and intuitive. Intuitive, you know. Um, some things about it just work, and they're really successful. We wanted to bring those ideas forward. So you mentioned that you know these kind of sit in like the pages folder by default. Does that mean that it works alongside MVC, you know, traditional MVC? Uh, yeah. So if you, if you have a existing MVC site and you migrate to ASP.NET Core 2.0, uh, everything should be the same for you. And then you add a pages folder and you can start putting pages there. You don't have to do anything else or enable anything else. And it can interop with, your layout page, for instance, that you're using with your conventional views and your partials that you've written for conventional views. We want everything to be seamless and kind of just use, use what you want, basically. Okay. 
And then can I, I, so I can have, obviously I can have just, you know, MVC pages. Can I have just, just MVC razor pages then? Can I, you know, build an application just with those? Uh, you can't exclude controllers today. Like you can't turn it off, mm -hmm. but if you're not using it, you're not really paying for it. Okay. If that makes sense. Okay. I mean, so it's there, if you don't, but it's if, not used. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to make a site with just pages and no controllers, there's no harm in it. Most of the infrastructure is shared. Mm -hmm. So there's not, there's not like, you know, it's not 80% controllers and 20% pages. It's 80% everything. Okay. So. So when, when would I want to choose this over what we've learned in MVC traditionally? I would choose pages if you want something low ceremony to just display HTML, for instance. Like if you have a, a page that's mostly static and you just want to show some HTML, but you want to render you know, the username or something like that in it, that's a great usage of it. Uh, the other thing that we've really optimized it for is for... Um, for form posts and the post get redirect or post redirect get pattern. So anything where you're going to show a form and submit it, um, those are usually what we, what we think of as like page focused scenarios, right? The browser is going to load the page and then it's going to submit the page and then it's going to get navigated to another page. And we're really optimizing for those kinds of things. The things that browsers do, I would still definitely use controllers for trying to serve like a JSON API or, um, you know, XML API or anything, anything super, anything API scenario like. Um, I would say that we started with the idea that pages would be maybe a little bit limited, and we ended up feeling like there weren't limits on the complexity. Of it. <laughs> we felt like everything, everything that people do that's for browsers for the most part that that renders HTML and shows UI uh, often works pretty well with pages. Mm -hmm. So. Um, you know, if you like controllers, there's no reason why you can't just stick with that. If you want to give it a try, give it a try. We'd love to get people's feedback. Uh, and so far, the response has been pretty, pretty positive. Yeah, I mean, it seems like if you're using controllers and you start, um, like you were saying, you know, you want like a simple HTML page or you, you want to do something. Um, basically, I'm thinking like if if you if you're if you're sitting there and you're like, man, this is there there is a whole bunch of extra ceremony over this it shouldn't be this complicated if if you're like making those statements to me it feels like then that's really when you should be looking at razor pages just drop yeah. just to, just to drop all that complexity then i think the other thing to think about is if you like if you like the idea that you've got a hierarchy of files on disk mm -hmm. and that's what your website is like then it's very intuitive to do pages mm -hmm. um but yeah anytime anytime you've got an empty action method mm -hmm. which we have in the template about page, homepage, those kind of things. Um, they're great scenarios for pages. Yeah, but it also sounds like this would be a really good kind of almost like an introductory to MVC for maybe some junior developers or people who are just picking up the technology for the first time. Is that something you had envisioned or thought of? Well, okay. So <laughs> what I would say, what I would say about this is, um, it's not something that I. It's something that I kind of specifically didn't think about, if that makes sense. Um, from my point of view, it was kind of a non-goal to make this like a student version of MVC or like a, a learning version of MVC. Yeah. I think that less less concepts can be very beginner friendly and still professional grade. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, right? and don't get me wrong. I wasn't trying to go it that way. I was just reminiscing back when I was learning MVC and I was like, why? 
why does this have to be named the same as that? Yeah. You know, I want to, I want, you know, what if it seems like it's too easy exactly. to screw up? Whereas yeah. this seems like, man, it would be pretty hard to screw up a razor page. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What I would say, what I would say to that is, is we, we definitely understand that feedback and we get that feedback and some people on the team feel that way as well. Mm-hmm. And that was part of the motivation of this was just uh, fewer things to get wrong. Uh, fewer things you need to know. Okay. And then if I, if I go down this route and I run to a new page where I'm like, you know, I prefer, I prefer the, I don't want to call it older, but I prefer like the, you know, the controller style um, pages. Is there, is there an easy way to like convert it or is that, is that a simple process? It's a pretty simple process. There's no tooling gesture for it. Um, But you can basically, so what makes a page a page is that it has a page directive on the top. Mm-hmm. So Razor has directives, uh, people probably familiar with uh, with at model directive, for instance. So your pages will all have at page at the top. That's what makes them pages. If you delete at page, it's a view now. Oh. And put it in the views folder. It's a view now. Okay. You don't have to change the Razor code or anything like that. And then you take your take your code that's in your handler method. Drop it into a controller method. Um, the API surface on the base class that we provide for the code behind is uh, is intentionally almost identical to what we have on controllers. So the code should just drop in. Uh, things like parameter binding just work the same. Um, so the only major differences are the routing. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's pretty slick. So a lot of this was kind of designed in public. What, what was the process like designing, developing, and shipping this feature? I think the I think the most important thing was we knew kind of how we wanted to position the product. I mean, I think we we knew what problems we wanted to solve with it, um, and a lot of that process was driven by feedback. Um, I think I think when we started the .NET Core effort, there was a lot of there were a lot of people clamoring for. Uh, something web forms like, or something ASP.NET web pages like, to go all the way back, um, and and we knew we knew that we wanted to kind of try to satisfy those customers, but not repeat, not re- necessarily repeat some of the same decisions that we have made. So we kind of we kind of started out with a public roadmap document, like here's our here's our manifesto for what we think this feature is, um, and we co- we collected feedback on that, and to an extent we kind of. We kind of duked it out a little bit with some people over those things. Um, we'd also, prior to any real design work or coding work happened, um, a lot of what we were in, really inspired by had been shown by by Damien and David Fowler and some other people at different conferences and different kinds of public events that we've done. So I don't I don't want to sell short the amount of feedback that goes into, you know, us showing us showing something to customers or users and saying, what do you like about this? Do you like it? Does it resonate with you? Uh, that's a big part of the process as well. Um, and from that sort of manifesto, you know, it kind of a few of us put our heads together and came up with a came up with a design that that ultimately stuck and we thought was compelling and something we could build. Yeah, that was pretty so, cool. You know, just going out there and seeing. Um, like, here's what we think we want to do. And then you see people like, oh, well, you know, have you thought of this? And, and what if it looks like this? And, um, I love that process and, and seeing all that stuff in public. I think that's really cool. Yeah. I think, I think what's most important about it, the process to me of, of doing, doing open source development and involving our user base is, is getting to hear what people like about the things that we ship and what they, you know, what are they, what do you like about the experiences that you really like? I'm getting a little bit of static here. I don't know if you guys can hear me. 
I heard. Yeah, oh, I can yeah. hear you. It's I probably think it's on my side. Yeah, sorry. Okay, I'll, that's I'll, fine. I'll move. I'm I'm like electromagnetic. Maybe there's a bear blocking the signal. <laughs> yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a bear <laughs> um, <laughs> with a tinfoil hat. On you. Yeah, um, but I, I think the super valuable thing is is about it is that like. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of sharing of of positive feelings as well as as criticism. I mean, I think mm. there are a lot of people telling us what they like about what they like about the solution, what they like about using Razor Pages, as well as what they think is hard. And it's it's great to get that it's great to get that feedback from users. It's great to understand what what you know motivates people using our products and what what they what they are doing to be successful. Yeah, it probably makes them feel good too, like being part of that process. Like, not even that that it's it's built like the way they want it to be built, but just you know, sort of saying like, "Hey, I was I helped build this thing." Definitely, and we we definitely um, we got a few people involved pretty early in the process that were kind of like first beta testers for us. Um, uh, one guy, one guy in particular, GitHub user Hashamko, who's been involved in a bunch of different projects for us. Um, had got get super involved with pages at the beginning and was giving us good feedback and trying things out even when we were still in the prototyping stage and it was great to see, it was great to see somebody take the initiative to get that involved and mm-hmm. and try stuff out give his share his ideas share his problems it was really cool very cool um one thing i didn't ask before when we were talking about the tech details i was curious um like if there's any performance difference between this and the controller style no, not really. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of all made of the same stuff. Um, what I, what I wouldn't, what I wouldn't say is, is from a technical point of view, um, one of the questions that we wrestled with earlier is, are pages just views without a controller? And then we realized that, well, pages need something controller-like. Yeah. Right. You need you need the you need the callback. Right. You need to be notified when somebody posts to your form so you can you can deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the idea of pages are controllerless views kind of got flushed down the toilet. Um, the interesting piece is that MVC Core had had this kind of extensibility built into it from the beginning. So the idea that you would route to something that's not a controller mm-hmm. and then execute that thing that's also not a controller uh, was baked into ASP.NET Core MVC from the earliest days. So it's kind of baked into the routing system to to be to be polyglot or to, to kind of share with things that aren't controllers. Um, one of the interesting facts of this is that our early prototypes for pages were actually built on top of ASP.NET 2.0 with no changes, or um, ASP.NET 1.0, or 1.1, sorry, with no changes. So we started by prototyping Razor Pages as a completely separate project in a completely separate repo and then eventually mainlined mainlined the code to take advantage of some of the, the conveniences of that and to do a little refactoring. But we're able to basically build a, a parallel execution pipeline to controllers uh, outside of MVC and have it be completely integrated and feel feel good without a lot of code sharing. And then we did take opportunities to refactor elsewhere um, to just to, you know, kind of take some things that we learned with pages back to controllers. Um, sort of a roundabout say, way of saying that um, we, we don't expect you to see a big performance difference between controllers and pages. Um, usually with these kind of apps, the main main consideration is what your code is doing. I was going to say, it's all, have, it's all my crappy code that's slowing things down. Well, <laughs> more like, more like uh, if you have a database, uh, how optimized is your database query? Right. That's, that's usually the high order bit. Yeah, exactly. So what kind of future or, uh, you know, 
other interesting things that you're working on can you tell us about? Sure. So one of the one of the coolest parts of this project and one of the biggest challenges was um, this is the first time that we introduced a sort of hybrid Razor plus C Sharp mode. And, and I'll clarify what I mean by that. So when you write Razor pages, your your Razor page usually refers to C sharp model code. So we have a, a concept that we call the page model, basically code behind for Razor pages. And that's like the view model for your page. If you've done MVC programming before, mm -hmm. you may have written view models. So with Razor pages, you basically get the view model for free. It is your it is your controller class or your your page handler class is the view model. Um, this is one of the first times that we've really done something that was so tightly integrated where you're going to write code, put it in your project, and then refer to it like right away in your Razor code. Uh, you, you, if you've done controllers before, you know that there's separation between the view code and your controllers. Your view code use, usually use your controllers directly. Um, and that, that inspired us to take a look at using this approach in a few other ways. So we're currently looking at, not it's not going to happen in 2.1, but in the future, uh, doing these kinds of things for tag helpers which Tag Helpers, if you're not familiar, is a new feature we did in ASP.NET Core where you write C-sharp code to generate HTML. And you, you basically use HTML as a, as a domain-specific language to generate more HTML. So the way to, a way to write HTML code that has dynamic behavior. Um, we're looking at extending that model and making it possible to use this sort of hybrid approach for tag helpers as well. So you'll be able to write tag helpers that are mostly HTML in Razor file, but then have some C sharp code, you know, behind the scenes that does whatever you want. Um, we want to take this model a few places. Uh, that's one thing uh, that's specific to Razor and HTML. Uh, we're also that comes with it, kind of a big tooling investment that we're going to be doing. So we have a we have a roadmap for Razor tooling that we're going to make public uh, when we make more of our 2.1 plans public. Uh, so we're going to be doing some of the enhancements to make the tag helpers written in Razor code a reality. Uh, we're also going to be doing some longer term investments on things like refactoring support in VS. Um, we're working on improving the Razor experience for VS for Mac. Um, and we're not working on it yet, but we will be in the future uh, building a Razor experience for VS code. Um, I like that. So that's all the that's all the HTML stuff I can talk about. Um, along with that, for two for two point one, we have planned a bunch more enhancements to tag helpers. Okay. Um, tag helpers are another feature that if you've done older MVC, you've seen HTML helpers. I'm sure with the at HTML editor and all those kinds of things. Yep. Tag helpers are a way for you to express the same thing with HTML. So you would say input ASP four and then the property expression, and that's going to generate the same the same code behind the scenes. It's going to do the same thing behind the scenes as the HTML editor for would do. Um, we're looking at taking those even further. There are kind of some, some gaps that the community has helped us identify in the tag helper story. So, um, Basically, tag helper everything. If there are things today that you have to use HTML helpers for, uh, we, there are some genuine gaps there that uh, we're going to fill. So things that HTML helpers can do, like editor for display for, we're going to provide tag helpers for. Or rendering a partial is going to be possible through a tag helper. Um, we're also gotten some great feedback here from the community as well, talking about things like a, a tag helper that renders different content if you're logged in versus if you're not logged in. Um, we're working with people in the community on those kinds of things. Uh, and also, if you have suggestions about more stuff you want to see from us, let us know. 
Go to our GitHub and tell us. <laughs> no, you guys are doing great work. It's uh, it's great to see, and I love the, uh, like we talked about before, the interactions with the uh, the community. That's I think very much appreciated by everybody, and it's it's uh, obvious that it's making a better product as well. So it's very cool. Raygun Thanks. gives you. Hold on, scrap that. You've heard this ad way too much. Raygun is giving us an awesome chance to give away a free year's startup plan of Raygun crash reporting. In addition. Three runners-up will win swag packs that include t-shirts and other freebies. You definitely want some of that. What do you have to do? That's a simple thing. Just let us know. What's the biggest programming fail you've ever seen? What's the nastiest bug you've ever caught? Let us know. Email us at feedback at msdevshow.com. Contest ends at the end of November. Hurry up and get it in now. A few a few more things that aren't necessarily related to the Razor and Tackoper stuff that I'm involved in. Um... We're bringing back API controller. Yes, we're bringing back API controller. So we're working. We're working right now on um, sort of defining what we think is the Razor pages of APIs. It's kind mm. of how I think of it. That's what's the What's the simple low overhead way to write APIs that follow modern conventions? And uh, what, what what's our guidance basically? Yeah. What's What's the path that we're going to set out for you to to get things right easily and productively? That could be cool. Uh, that could be yeah, very cool. And that's huge too. I, I think a lot of people uh, have traditionally looked to Microsoft to be like, what's the best way to do this? Mm-hmm. And kind of recently, Microsoft is like, all the ways are best. Pick the one that yeah. is best <laughs> for you. So I, I, you know, I think some people really are going to uh, find, you know, something specific like that, especially around APIs, uh, find that very welcoming. Yeah, and I think that that is part of. Um, that's part of the open source dialogue with us is um, I think in the API space in particular, there's a lot of expert users there. I'll say expert users instead of saying opinionated people. Uh, there's a lot <laughs> of opinionated. There's a lot of expert users that have uh, have experience or opinions or existing decisions to do things a certain way. And um, it's important for us to engage with those people. And instead of like being afraid of them, Use them to vet the stuff that we're doing. I mean, maybe they don't, maybe we can't get a consensus on the best way to do this, but as long as everybody is mostly happy with the solution that we have and, you know, uh, it's, it's following best practices, we kind of want to work with our more sophisticated users to try and identify what those best practices are. And then, uh, I, I see it as our role to sort of, you know, lead along the people who are looking for guidance from us. Mm-hmm. If that makes if that makes sense, yeah, no, very cool. Anything else that you wanted to mention? Um, let's see. I have a list here. Uh, <laughs> the other thing, the other thing that I want to mention that's kind of in the API space um, that I think is really exciting. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, a feature that's really going to punch above its weight when we're done. Um, we're doing some work with HTTP client. So the .NET Core team is writing a managed, an all-managed implementation of HTTP client, mm-hmm. uh, which if you've done any cross-platform HTTP stuff or IoT HTTP stuff, um, there can be some differences in how HTTP clients work across different stacks um, because HTTP client and .NET Core uses curl on Linux and it uses um, WinHTTP handler on Windows, uh, at least on Windows desktop. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're looking to implement a fully managed version of HTTP client that is managed code all the way down to the sockets layer, and then uh, have that sort of be the basis for improvements to the HTTP stack mm-hmm. in .NET. 
Uh, what we're doing with that is we're adding to ASP.NET Core to our sort of set of recommendations, a HTTP client factory and patterns around configuring clients for specific endpoints. So if you want to retry policy of, I retry twice if it's a call to GitHub and I set a timeout of 15 seconds, uh, we're, we're building that. We're building that oh, that's experience cool. That's cool. Right now. Yeah, plus I know, you know, the, the, the existing HTTP client um, wasn't really keeping up with the benchmarks of, uh, of things like yeah. Kestrel. Um, so it's great to hear some, some focus there, um, cause that's yeah. going to help get all those numbers, uh, in line. So that's, that's great to hear about. Yeah. So I think that's, I think that's it from my side. Those are, those are the things that I'm doing. The team's doing more. That's enough, man. Like that's awesome. <laughs> well, it's not, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like everybody to believe that I'm going to personally go write all the code for all these <laughs> things, but there's a, there's a big team here and there are lots of people working on this stuff of and course. we have a, you know, we have a great team and a great community. So uh, we, we couldn't do this work without everybody. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. So let's move on to the dev tip of the week. What do you got, Carl? So a lot of us have, as developers, have uh, side projects. We have open source projects. We got little pet things that we put in the various stores, mobile apps, so on and so forth. And a lot of us are really into you know, the code, making it technically awesome. But one of the things that we forget or just don't even know how to do because we're engineers is marketing. So there is a GitHub page uh, marketing for engineers. You can go to the show notes to click on the link for this. And this has is is a collection of you know different ways to market yourself and your your projects uh but it's not just like a listicle it mm -hmm. is comments on like here is why you want to look at this and here's you, you want to look at this for this uh part so there's like marketing without a budget content marketing uh personal blog how to do medium uh, marketing on medium, which is different than a blog mm -hmm. and, uh, mar marketing for, you know, if you're looking to, you know, put it out there for, for somebody to, you know, acquire you, I mean, there's all sorts of different ways how to do social media. And they even break that down to the different types of social media and really how to target them, how not to be seen as a spammer on all these different things. So there's a lot of different, um, you know, things that go into marketing mm -hmm. that uh, kind of are, are contrary to logic. And I, I know that I like to think that engineers are logical, so we would fail at this. Uh, so if you think you're one of those kind of people, uh, go check this out. <laughs> um, it'll, it'll, it should, you know, I, I would hope that you would find at least several of these links good. And there's probably like a few hundred on here. This is really that's great. Um, a big list and even gets down to like psychology and marketing and stuff like that. So yeah, no, it's a great it topic that's often overlooked. So great tip. Um, and then Ryan, we have, there's this game that we play and of course I, okay. I left it at home. So I, I, I don't have to have you pick a number. What I've done is I've, I've just, I've searched for a page that has some interesting questions on it. So okay. here's my question. Would you rather be able to see 10 minutes into your own future or 10 minutes into the future of anyone but yourself? I would pick 10 minutes into the future of everyone else mm -hmm. because I could just find out who I'm going to, I could just think about who I'm going to interact with in 10 minutes and then see my own future. That's true. That's pretty smart. <laughs> I mean, that's not, that's not so bulletproof, both. but yeah. Unless somebody, you know, like, the, only, the only thing is like, uh, um, you, you, it won't work for like surprise parties. Um, or, or somebody, or the, yeah, that's going to get you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
if I'm going to get beat up today on the street or yeah, that's true. Can only be, I think most of, most of the things that I'm anxious about are things that I know about. So, so like if, if you're worried about a conversation with your boss on this surprise one-on-one yeah. that you're have, happening, I'm going to outsmart him. I'm going to outsmart him. I'm going to see you like, I, I know you're going to come up to me with this. So <laughs> here it is. Yeah. The clock is ticking and I have 10 minutes to undo all of his arguments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not a lot of time. No. Okay, okay, Carl, I got a question for you too. Would you rather all lose right. all of your money and valuables or all of the pictures you have ever taken? So <laughs> I, I would have to say money and valuables, but at the same time, like I don't really see that as it would be possible to lose all my pictures because they're all backed up in multiple. It's places. a hypothetical, it, 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 Carl. I know. I know it's a hypothetical, <laughs> but it's a bad hypothetical. Facebook but, you know, would actually delete them. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, yeah, uh, it's like that TV I, show Revolution where um, well, I guess I, I won't I won't give away the, the plot line, but uh, basically all anything electronic stopped working permanently. So, yeah, I guess it would have to be that kind of thing. But, you know, if it's that kind of thing, I'm guessing there's like some sort of like apocalyptic like, you know, event going on yeah, where I exactly. almost I wouldn't care about not having pictures. I'd be caring about like, hey, how do I keep my family alive? Yeah. Yeah. That show was interesting, so, too, because it actually um, um, again, I, I don't want to like give it all away. I know it's like probably I think it's like years past uh, when that show was on the air. But uh, basically um, they the all electronics started working again for a few minutes and like this one lady, like she, um, I think she was separated from her kids or family or whatever. And, uh, she always kept her iPhone with her, which of course was useless for the past couple of years. But so the, so the electronics were allowed to work again. She turned it back on and she was able to look at this photo and then she was like crying over this photo. So, it, you know, it just shows you like the importance of, uh, of those photos. So. Yeah. So my answer is I'd rather lose my money and valuables because otherwise I would assume I'm in an apocalypse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Well, that's one way to do it. Okay. Perfect. And uh, so Ryan, where can uh, people find you? Uh, people can find me on GitHub. Uh, I hang out and all the ASP.NET uh, repos. So GitHub slash ASP.NET slash MVC. Uh, I'm pretty active on there. Okay. Um, I think that's probably the best way to to get in touch or uh, I'm not, I'm not on Twitter. So I know usually people are on Twitter, but I'm, I'm still a kind of a, a social media hermit. So yeah. maybe you could read that marketing for engineers. I should read that. <laughs> yeah, I should read that. That's what I need to do. Well, I think it's cooler that he's, that he's on GitHub all the time though. That's uh that's even cooler. So yeah, <laughs> I think you're fine. I think you're fine. Okay. Carl, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Carl Schweitzer. And you can find me at twitter.com slash ytechie. So, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on here and talking thank to us both. about the uh, MVC Razor pages. It's uh, very cool. Very nice job on the feature. And it was uh, great chatting with you. All right. Thanks, guys.